Welcome to the Think Beautifully series podcast by Nobel Panacea, where we value beauty through smart voices, intellectual exchange, and empowering conversations. I'm your host, Céline Talabaza, CEO of Nobel Panacea, and I'm very excited to share with you conversations with who we define as exceptional women, extraordinary profiles shaping the world today. They are brilliant individuals, women of talent, unique and exceptional. Today, for our second episode, I am thrilled to welcome a very special guest. She is Canadian-born, grew up in South Africa, studied chemistry, is leading a successful career as a dietitian and model. She has brought to the world three successful children, Kimbal, Tosca, and one of them is the one and only tech master, Elon Musk. She's the most iconic mother and grandmother. And if that's not enough, she is also an author and a fashion reference. Please welcome May Musk. Hello, Celine. So happy to be with you today. It is such an honor to be sitting with you today. So I've been reading your book, uh, Woman Makes a Plan, and uh, I have a few questions for you. Wonderful. It seems that you have lived so many lives over the decades, um, from your experience being a kid in South Africa, a wife, a mother, an entrepreneur, a model, a nutritionist, a friend, a sister, a grandmother, and I could go on and on. Um, you're now obviously a global icon. Looking back, if you were to define one single moment that was kind of a kickstarter to everything that was the most empowering, what would it be? I would say running away with my three children because I, I was, it wasn't empowering, it was terrifying. Mm. <laughs> I was scared. I didn't know what, how I was going to survive. And slowly you do survive. Mm. So, but it changed my life and that was wonderful. Obviously. Yes. Oh. Um, so mentorship and education, um, passing knowledge from one generation to another is really one key mission of Noble Panacea um, and one key mission for our founder, Sir Fraser Stoddart. And you were a single mother. You just mentioned you had to leave. Um, you raised your children alone and they all became extremely brilliant and successful, all of them. What would you say you did well as a mentor to them? Well, I'd say I did the same as my parents who had five children. All of us became entrepreneurs and successful at that. And uh, what they did is they worked very hard. They were kind, polite Canadians. <laughs> and uh, they just taught us to be honest and to be considerate of other people. And... But we didn't see much of them because we had to be independent and make our own choices. So they would, we would see them at 6 p.m. at night. Mm. And then it was always a lovely dinner together with a family. And now when it came to my children, I had to work long hours as well. So in the beginning, I had to take them to school. But then after that, they would have to walk to school and be independent, come back, and then behave well and do their own homework because I was... I always had my private practice in my home, so I would make one bedroom into an office, and the patients, uh, doctors would send their patients to me. So they had to behave because I was counseling patients, and they were very good to me that way. 
Tosca, my daughter, would answer the phone and, and book appointments, take messages. And uh, Kimball started cooking for us because I didn't have time and I'm not very good at it. And of course, as technology advanced, Elon was ahead of the game and was helping me. Okay. Looking back, if you were to define that one single moment that was kind of a kickstarter to all, um, that was the most empowering to you, what would it be? It would be running away from my marriage with three children, scared, no confidence, didn't tell anyone. And uh, um, you start all over, you have no money, <laughs> you just need enough to feed the children and to keep a roof over your head. And uh, it was um, still a chance to start over and not live in a horrible situation. In which year was this? This was in 1979. I didn't expect it to continue, but it did. They needed one older model, and I was immediately put into the top shows. Uh, so, but I needed to earn enough to feed the kids. And you're, you're scared. You're, you're scared, and then, then I, there was continuous court cases to um, take away my children for nine years. It was continuous. and so, But that was still better than being in a horrible marriage. Right, right. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Many women go through this. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't know that until I wrote this book and women are saying they've been through the same. Mm. So mentorship and education is one of the key mission at Nobel Panacea. It's one of the key mission of Sir Fraser Stoddart. Um, you were a single mother uh, raising your children, as you just mentioned, and they all became extremely brilliant and successful. What would you say you did well as a mentor to them? Well, I would do the same as what my parents did for me and my brothers and sisters. We, we all did very well and were entrepreneurs. Uh, they let us make our own choices, and then we actually have to be responsible for the choices we make. So when I wanted to study the sciences at 17 years old, you really don't know what you want to do at 17, right. but I knew I, I found math and physics and chemistry very easy. So I decided to do a Bachelor of Science degree. And then my father said, well, you should have a profession at the end of that. So choose something that you will, instead of microbiology, which I wanted to specialize in, he said, do, an, do a career. And so I chose dietetics, but that yeah. meant I went to an Afrikaans university. They're the only university that had that. So I had to learn another language at the same time. That's not easy. That's not easy at <laughs> That's all. That's not easy. So when I see people coming from different countries to the universities and they're struggling with English, I know exactly how hard it is. Yes. Yeah. So when Elon was born, you were just 23 years old. Um, you wrote you never push any of your children to study something specifically. And they all became very successful. Do you have any parenting advice, any parenting philosophy that you stand by? 
Yes, well, first of all, I would have been very happy if they all studied to be a dietitian and opened an office next to me. <laughs> Can you see? That's a mother's dream. That doesn't happen. So Elon was definitely going to go into computers because he published his first computer program at 12. And funny enough, then I was in Bloemfontein, a small university town, doing Master of Science degree. That's when I became fluent in Afrikaans mm. because no one spoke English. But I had a modeling school to raise funds for the Dietetic Scholarship Fund. And uh, I showed the, the engineers. Of course, engineers wanted to take up modeling too because I had all the pretty girls with me. <laughs> so then I showed them the, the uh, program that Elon had written. And they said, oh, he knows all the shortcuts in, in, on the computer and software. And so I said to Elon, you, you should submit it. And, and then he did, and he got $500 for it. But then you can see it's the start of him um, becoming very good at computers. Mm -hmm. And then Kimball, of course, he, was, um, he, he loved to cook for us because I was a bad cook, and he loved tasty food. So then he wanted to go in the chef route. Mm -hmm. And Tosca always loved movies and wanted to be in the movie business and we wanted her to be a lawyer because she's outspoken and very bright. And we thought, we need a lawyer. And so they didn't listen to me. They went their own way. And, uh, and even Kimball, he studied business. But then when they sold their first internet company, he went to chef school, the French Culinary Institute in New York, and um, became the chef. Which, and that's what he always wanted to do. Here they are. Yeah. Did you ever imagine... Um, Elon is, was going to become so successful? No, because he was a genius. In my mind, I remember when he was three years old, I took him to nursery school. I said, you have to enroll him. And they said, but he's going to be the youngest in the class, and it's, it's not a, a good idea socially. And I said, but he's a genius. And they, cut, they rolled their eyes. <laughs> I think every mother says that. And so, um, so he did go to, to nursery school because I was, already had Kimball and pregnant with Tosca. I mean, and I couldn't keep a conversation with him because, um, and he had no one else to talk to. So I thought this will get him to meet other people and just learn more about other things. So um, uh, again, a genius can often be in a basement being a genius and not applying it. Mm. I didn't realize how he would apply it, and he did. And that made me very happy. I'm sure he definitely did. So as a mother myself, um, I always wonder, how do you make sure you give your kids enough confidence, you know, to go through life, to make the right choices? You mentioned the magic of 12 in your book. Can you please uh, talk a little bit about this? First of all, you, you never know how your children are going to turn out. But, uh, and it was only when I was talking about my children, you know, when you write a book, you know, it's easy. You don't sit and type it. Mm. You, you record it, and then it gets transcribed. So then you read it. And I'm saying, it was around 12 years of age. Uh, I saw where they were going, in which direction. And um, you will see it with your own children as they become not quite teenagers. They already have their own interests. So then you let them pursue it. And if it goes wrong, then they are responsible to make a change. But if they are happy in the choices they make, then that's good. Yeah. And I'm sure you, you were always there to support them in case it went wrong. Um, I'm always there for them and I still am. And you, as a mother, you will always be uh, there for your children. Yeah. 
So now, looking back at your own education, you actually studied physics and chemistry, um, which is, again, a fundamental pillar at Nobel Panacea. Sir Fraser Stoddart was awarded a Nobel Prize of Chemistry. So you mentioned in your book, to find health, we need to be true to science. Can you please expand on this? Yes, science is very definite. When you make a suggestion or recommendation in the nutrition field, it has to be covered by science. Yeah. Because if I make up stuff like this pill will make you live forever, or this is for the skin, or this is for the hair, or this will make you lose weight, and it's not true, then, and but I make a lot of money out of it, then I will remove, uh, be removed from the register as a registered dietitian. So I do not want to lose that, but also I don't want to be dishonest. So as a dietitian, then I have to say I can reduce your risk for chronic diseases. When you're a nutritionist or a, uh, somebody out there selling stuff, you can say I can heal you. Mm. I can't say I can heal you, <laughs> you know, because that's not a medical term. And, uh, and it's great that you're working with a scientist. In my case, it is great because I do believe having pure science in formula, when you understand a formulation, it's all about chemistry. Um, that really makes the difference. What, what do you think? Do you think science is important for a beauty brand? I think science is very important because you have to make claims that are honest. Right. Absolutely. So you've been yourself through many different phases in life and explained um, in the book, the approach to food is key to inner health, but also performance. I'm very interested in this. Could you please share with us three key takeaways, uh, simple things everybody listening today um, could put into practice for a healthier lifestyle? Well, first of all, you need to plan ahead. You plan your meals, you plan your snacks, because surprise, there's always treats around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, you, when you're having a drink, there's not, you're not going to go for a salad. You're, you're going to go for the fries. All right. So plan ahead. Secondly, keep trigger foods out of sight. So, for example, I explain in my book that I love sweet foods. They are never in my home. However, when I go out, I will certainly eat some if they are delicious. I've become fussy. But if some people, for other people, it's salty foods. They like chips and fries. And then they can't have them in the home because they'll finish a, a packet of fries without thinking. So don't have your trigger foods nearby. And thirdly, um, eat foods you like. You know, don't go for kale if you don't like it. It is a good food, but if you don't like it, don't eat things you don't like because you are limited in what you can eat. So eat broccoli, eat lettuce, eat Brussels sprouts. They're also good. And um, Always eat, like, don't, don't go gluten-free unless you have celiac disease. Don't go dairy-free unless you have an allergy. If you're lactose intolerant, there are, there are uh, options for you. But if you are curious, then go and see a registered dietitian because they are the scientists. Okay. Is it to avoid uh, having any frustration um, with particular diets? There's a lot of confusion yeah. and frustration, and there's a lot of um, fad diets. And then when you go on them, it, it seems great. They're very in, intense, and they, I don't like them. You know, they'll, they'll juice. They'll just do juicing, and I'm saying, oh, 
you miss the mouthfeel of chewing and you, you, you know, you go to a dinner party and you have to eat, drink a juice. I mean, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. So you need to be able to figure out what you can eat. For example, you and I had just a, an appetizer last night Yeah. because we know when you eat late at night, you don't have a huge meal. Yeah. And we both decided on that and, and it was lovely. Which is, which is a very um, good link to my next question, which is, what's the best food for brain performance, like to feed your brain, to think clearly? Is there any particular? Yes, there's been some research work uh, on pretty much the Mediterranean diet, flexitarian diet, DASH diet, uh, where it's fruits and vegetables, whole grains, low-fat dairy, and a minimal amount of meat, fish, and chicken. And some, you can have some sugar. <laughs> People now, they think it's poison. No, it's, I will not give up sugar. And neither does the research work. And then good oils, you know, yeah. like avocado and then yeah. the olive oil. Well, it seems we, we, did, we did everything right yesterday. We did everything right. We even had like lovely chocolates at the end. Yes, tiny chocolates that you see yeah. immediately. Uh, and I tasted one. It was so delicious. I had to have a yeah. second one. But then you limit yourself. Right. So at Nobel Panacea, we glorify brilliant women, uh, wise characters, and inspiring persona. And that's why we reached out to you. Um, your authenticity in the book is, is really striking. Um, why do you think authenticity is important in our world today? Well, we need to share our problems, it seems, because when I wrote my book, I wanted to take out my struggles, but my three children said to me individually at different times, you are to talk about your struggles. So then I put them in. And then when I read it with my editor, I said, you've got to take it out. I want to be positive and inspire people. And she wouldn't take it out. And it seems like women are relating to it and know that they now need to make a plan to change their life if they are in a horrible situation. So that's why it's uh, wonderful that. Um, People are, women are making changes now. Yeah. And I guess it makes people feel closer to you as well and, and relate to you um, as, as a woman. Yes. And my brothers and my twin sister had no idea what I'd gone through because I'd never told anyone. Right. And they said they could have helped me. They could, I just had to tell them what I was going through. But it didn't occur to me. And I think a lot of women don't talk about it and we need to share, share our problems. Did they discover this with your book? Yes, yes, they were shocked when they read my book. Right, okay. And they said, why didn't you come to us? We would have, you know, helped you somehow. And uh, I said, oh, I don't know, I wanted to be responsible for my own choices. Do you think authenticity is an important factor in the beauty world? With being a beauty brand, Noble Panacea, and how we can portray beauty, do you think authenticity is important in that context? Yes, I think it's very important, yeah. That's wonderful. What would you like to debunk about ageism? Ageism is great. I'm having the best time of my life. I'm going to be 74 now this month. And I struggled so much in my life. And now when things go wrong, you say, ah, that's happened before. <laughs> and you get over it. I love so, it. So funny. Um, um, I was at a dinner and this one girl was like nearly in tears. And I said, what's the problem? Oh, my boyfriend dumped me. I said, okay. Is this the first time you've been dumped? She says, 
No. And I said, all right, the first time you've been dumped, you can be unhappy for three months. After that, it's three weeks. After that, it's three days. <laughs> now, if you've been dumped before, make it three days. Don't be miserable for longer and move on because you can't explain why you've been dumped because they're not going to tell you why. So you just move on. And that's the great thing about um, getting old. <laughs> you, uh, the mistakes, you've, you've made them before, but you make less mistakes as well. Mm. And as long as you keep on educating yourself and having a good time and being relevant, then you, you enjoy your life so much more. And I must say that social media has, has been great for me. Yeah, I think your role on social media is very inspiring because you're definitely showing a new face or a new inspiration of uh, for these women of this generation and uh, all the work you're also doing as a speaker um, is the, the reason why we reached out to you because we knew that we were going to have a very interesting conversation. Um, so in your book, you wrote, it is better to be fascinating than to be beautiful. And Nobel Panacea really believes in that, about the layer, about the content of what a woman can, can share. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, because when you meet people, you know, I can remember I met this couple and she was kind of frumpy and he was gorgeous. And I thought, what happened here? And then I started talking to them. And then she became the fascinating person and he was boring <laughs> and she was lovely and she became my friend because she was intelligent, interesting, you know, educating herself. And so that's where you can then be fascinating, even in any stage. But again, I do recommend that as you get older, you don't walk like an old person. Right. You don't talk like an old person. You don't complain about aches and pains. You, should have, you shouldn't have many aches and pains, but somehow people are miserable. And um, then I say, well, you know, you're not fun to be around. Mm. And you have to be fun. And uh, you have to have a sense of humor. And uh, what I'm loving is that I'm being very stylish. And it's because the designers want me to wear their clothes. <laughs> I never expected that in my 70s. No one can say, when I get into my 70s, designers are going to dress me beautifully. And so now I'm dressing better than ever. This is a Czech designer. She sent it to me. It looks beautiful. And uh, we were discussing before that anything you put on basically become like a, a fashion statement or an iconic piece because you wear it so elegantly. Yeah, I always find that um, with fascinating character, it kind of like create a memory. So you will always remember a person that has a lot to say or shared with authenticity or was um, having a bright personality versus like the physical appearance. Yes. Yeah. If you have a perfect physical appearance and you are boring or you're miserable or you're complaining, you lose your beauty. Yeah, absolutely. So you had quite an adventurous childhood in South Africa, included um, long trips in the Kalahari Desert. How have these experiences colored your persona? Do you think um, that exploring places, ideas with freedom is um, the great foundation for a fulfilling career? Well, um, we really didn't want to go to the Kalahari Desert. We didn't have a choice. We were five kids going across the desert. It's the only family that ever did it for three weeks. 
And well, for three weeks, you didn't shower because there was no water, right. which is quite nice as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, um, but then if you wanted to go to the bathroom, then you had to go behind a bush. But first, my father had to come with his gun to make sure there's no lion or hyena or snakes or scorpions and that type of thing. And uh, so then you can go behind the bush. <laughs> so, uh, there's, uh, you learn to survive. You also sleep in a sleeping bag on the ground. And you zip up your sleeping bag so the hyena doesn't, it doesn't bite your face off. So after that, when my children, you know, they chose their own universities, they got their scholarships and their loans, because I, I couldn't afford any of that. And um, when I would go and stay with them, I would sleep on the floor, on a couch or whatever. And I remember saying to Elon when I slept on the, the, the mattress on the floor, and I said to him, did you get it off the street? And he says, no, mom, it cost me $25 at the thrift store. And I said, oh, that's fine then. <laughs> you see, but we, and even now, if we're getting together in shortage of beds, there's couches and carpets. We, we have no problem with it. Yeah. When, I, when I went to Starbase, I slept in the garage, no problem. Yeah. Because uh, you know, either that at a hotel 45 minutes away, that's not, that's not I don't go to a, a rocket site to go to stay in a hotel 25 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is this is very unique. I mean, the experience you've had as a as a child is very unique and now you've traveled the world. You probably stayed in the most gorgeous uh hotels in the world, so you you've seen it all. Well, my dad wanted to toughen us up. That's what he he says in his articles. But um uh this magnificent hotels in the world uh, I would say that started about four years ago, so around about 68. You know? I hope for other people it's earlier. Um, I have traveled the world as a model, but as um, it would be uh, economy flight, take a bus to the airport because you can't afford a cab, and then you will um, stay in a nice-ish hotel. Uh, but I must say when I went onto Instagram and I started posting, and I try to have a sense of humor with it too, as well as showing that I started when I, in the 60s. And uh, then you tag people. And at the beginning, it was eight hours a day I was working on Instagram. And I got my first New York Fashion Week through Facebook. A designer found me there. And it was, then I was 67. Hmm. I mean, um, and, uh, and then I got my CoverGirl contract. Uh, so that really made me uh, a supermodel because my TV commercials were showing all day. Mm -hmm. And because uh, they had a good saying, um, at a certain age, people ignore you. I wonder what age that is. <laughs> I was already <laughs> 69. <laughs> yeah. Well, they definitely find the, the right tagline for you because yes, you're yes. definitely not stopping. So as a working mother, um, businesswoman, you have so much um, experience in reinventing yourself over the years. What would be the single advice you would give to any woman, no matter her age, um, if she wanted to start a business now? Well, um, first of all, it's hard. <laughs> I don't recommend changing cities or countries, really. It's really hard to start all over. And you have to love what you're doing and know that you are talented in that topic. So for example, I'm a dietitian. Then I had the opportunity to go and study hospital dietetics, mm. which is all the different chronic diseases. And uh, 
not only did I go and study it, they gave me the doctor's quarters, which is um, one bedroom. So my children in the bedroom and I'm in the living room kitchen. All right. And then, but it was $77 for the room and for the apartment and for the food for my, me and my kids. It, although it was the hospital food, they, they just remembered the soggy hamburgers, but they never complained. And we were there for a year. And then I did a, a runway show to raise funds for, because I ran the modeling school for, for the dietetic scholarship fund. So I did a runway show for the cancer association and the matron of the hospital came to me and she said, you are going to see my colostomy patients. And I said, what's a colostomy? And so then I had to uh, research that. And, you know, in the old days, you didn't have a computer. You go to the library and you get these blue uh, screens that you, where you try to find the words. And um, I saw there was no research work on eating habits for colostomy patients. So then um, I said, okay, but if I'm going to study that, I want a Master of Science degree. So then they gave me a scholarship. All oh, right. So that's why, and then I started my practice while doing a Master of Science degree. So, you know, I didn't have that expense because it's expensive to do a Master of Science degree. So, um, uh, so then I become a specialist in my own field and feel more confident. And that takes how many years of studies mm -hmm. and education and letting people, then you have to let people know how, how good you are at something. And then then you can succeed that way, but you really have to put in the time. Well, thank you for that. Now, going back to Elon, what is the best business advice you gave him so far? Well, when he sold um, PayPal, he said to me, should I do rockets or electric cars or solar energy? And I said, you've been working so hard, choose only one. And he didn't listen to me. He didn't. No. He didn't listen to me. So obviously, I'm not that good at, at giving advice. At age 73, you show no signs of slowing down. You're an inspiration to many. And your energy is contagious. What gives you the energy? Well, first of all, I look forward to every day. So I wake up happy knowing that who wants me to go somewhere else, you know, um, and then maybe nobody, and I don't care. The next day I wake up the same way. Um, I spend a lot, I plan a lot of my life. So if I have nothing going on that day, then I will do exams to keep my registration as a dietitian. I have to do 75 one-hour exams every five years. Okay. So I always can fill my time. And then sometimes I will watch um, a series on TV in French, German, or Dutch, so that I keep my languages going. Je parle français, mais très mal et très lentement. Okay? So, um, uh, but you know, at least I can speak French and I can read signs and I can order coffee. <laughs> J'adore so, quand vous parlez so you, français. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, the thing is, you have to keep educating yourself and have fun. Hmm. And I, I have to eat well. Because if I overeat, as I've said in my book, I can gain 30 kilograms very easily eating everything I want. So I'm very um, strict with my eating habits because it shows in your skin and it shows in your, uh, your blood values, you know, as a dietitian, blood values, mm -hmm. and it shows in your energy. Because if I overeat, you just want to go into a food coma. And then you're also disappointed that you went overboard because you know that for the next week, you better be eating perfectly. Because right. 
you've, you've eaten too much and that still happens. Yeah. At Nobel Panacea, our mantra is think beautifully because it is the merge between the intellect and the beauty world. Um, can you please tell us what it means for you to think beautifully? When you think beautifully, you're thinking about kindness and generosity and caring about other people and then you, your beauty shines through. That's very beautiful. Well, thank you so much, May. It was such an honor to be sitting with you. I wish you all the best to you and your family uh, for the future. And I'll be looking forward to your next adventure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Celine. And uh, the best to you and your family and to all the good things you are doing. I hope you enjoy the conversation. See you soon on the Sing Beautifully series by Nobel Panacea. <laughs>